Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Matthew Wright Show on Crucible of Broadcast Excellence. Talk Radio. Put it on and keep it on. Too busy to catch us on the afternoons on talk radio. Too many children to care for. Too many jobs to manage. Well, never fear. Help is here in the shape of the Matthew Wright podcast, where we cut down three hours of entertainment and enlightenment every afternoon into tiny bite-sized morsels just for you, you busy so-and-so. So sit back and enjoy the best of the Matthew Wright Show here on talk radio. You know the one about Nero fiddling while Rome burned? Well, I do wonder, you've seen me mention this in our teaser video, I do wonder how historians will recall the day that our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, sang and joked while many of the people who voted for him just a few weeks ago were desperately trying to stop floodwaters destroying their homes and businesses. Myself and the neighbours, we've had all our kind of lower ground floors have been... You know, a metre and a half of water in. We live right on the riverbank, but this time, you know, it's been exceptional. Last week was the worst I'd ever seen it. And then this week, you know, it's been even worse. And it's going to get worse still, I fear. And that was Boris singing on Tuesday night at a Conservative Party fundraiser, uh, trying to sing the Welsh National Anthem with uh, Win, Win Evans. Singing couldn't get any worse, oh. could it? Uh, Win Evans, you know, from the Go Compare ads. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not surprisingly, uh, he's subsequently been accused of neglecting communities devastated by storms as rivers rose to record highs and, as I said, forecasters uh, predicting worse to come. Um, I know the Shropshire town of Ironbridge well. That was evacuated earlier. Its flood defences literally buckled by the sheer weight of water. The residents of Bewdley, we talked about them yesterday in Worcestershire, they've been evacuated hours earlier. Our Prime Minister has... I mean, I still can't quite get my head around it. He's so far failed uh, to show any solidarity with the flood victims anywhere in the country, but he said, nevertheless, that he was proud of the responses the government had mounted over the last few days, saying, and I'm quoting here, that it's thanks to the measures this government has put in that 200,000 households have been protected from flooding, which I'm sure is wonderful news for the lucky 200,000, but a slap in the face for everybody else. Um, Joining us uh, to share their thoughts, we're going to go to... um, I thought we'd talk to some real people, some people who are actually there. I'm going to talk to uh, Stephen Johns, and he's at the Old Crown Inn in Shardlow in Derbyshire. And he joins us on the line now. Good afternoon, Stephen. Good afternoon, Matt. Thank How you. bad is it where you are? Um, well, we've reopened. That's the best thing about it. Right. It was extremely bad. Um, we opened on Friday, um, but I, know, I hear there is more to come, so we're quite worried. How does this flood compare to... How long have you been at the pub for? How long has it been in the family? 17 years. 17 years. So have you, have you, seen, have you got anything to compare this to? 
2015 was a really bad flood for us. Um, but it was... This one was about another half a metre higher at the Crown. Right. So that's a lot of water volume. But then, since then, they've built on floodplains. They're building another few thousand houses on the floodplain in Castle Donington. I've had M&S built just up there. And now Albany's been built. And they're all built on floodplains. And it's just being, oh, yeah, that's fine. But well, where's the water supposed to go? Between tw- 2015, you were saying, and, and today... Yeah. What flood defences, what improvements have the local authority no. or indeed central government done to your area, to Shardlow? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing no. at all. So when Boris Johnson says on the record that he's proud of the response, and I'm quoting it, he's very proud of the response the government had mounted over the last few days, what would you say to him if he was to... Um, well, what would you say to that, first of all? Well, I think it's ridiculous, to be fair. Um, I understand where they say, well, we've got, we saved 16,000 homes, say, and you've 800 uh, had to be flooded because yep. we saved 16,000. But is that 800 people, like, have out, well, could lose everything? Yes. And you've got nothing. Like, we can't get insured because we're on a floodplain. People's houses can't be, and homes can't so you've be. Got, sorry, sorry, insured. you've got no insurance, Stephen. So no, we to... won't, they won't insure us because we're on a floodplain. We... Uh, do you want to get... Do you, I mean, a, a, a difficult question to ask when you've had a pub in your family for 17 years, but do you want to get out of the old Crown Inn? No, we love it we here. love it? We do, we do love it here. So you want, you want protection from the floods? You want a defence? Yeah, even a, a fund to help us, uh, help us um, anything like that. The community would happily pay into a fund if we know that we can access it at any time and knowing there's something around it is being done. Would, would, would you feel... Would you feel any better if the Prime Minister was to visit you in Shardlow? <laughs> not really. What's he supposed to do? If he's, not, if, he's, if he's not doing anything now, like you said, we just heard it, it was singing. Yeah. And, and the, basically the country's in a massive crisis with flooding. And he's building around London and all the stuff like that, flood defences. What, what's he doing for upstream and everything like up the river and everything around there that affects all everyone else's homes and well, livelihood. Well, I can, I can think of a lot of reasons why Boris Johnson wouldn't want to come and visit you at the moment because I can think there'll be a lot of righteously angry people up there. But I also have to say, Stephen, that if you want to get action from central government, nothing can spur them on better than actually having the head of that central government, Boris Johnson, come and visit the area, see with his own eyes. Because otherwise, in, in years to come, he can turn around and say, oh, yeah, we did a wonderful job, wonderful job in Shardlow, Derbyshire. Looked after everybody. It's absolutely marvellous. They were telling me as I was singing on stage, raising 90 grand for the Tory party, they said, I was doing a wonderful job. And that's, that's not going to be what you want to hear. No, not at all. Well, I understand if he comes here and um, says, right, we're gonna, I'm going to put this, this and this in place to stop this happening yeah. again, then I'd be, I would appreciate it. I would sit down and talk to him and thank him for what he's doing, but it's what's happening around, it's not just us, it's what's happening around the country. He needs to step up a little bit and go round to I'm, 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 like I'm, Iron Bridge and stuff like that that's underwater. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely astonished that he hasn't been to visit people like yourself. Um, do you think he's got his priorities wrong? I do, yes. I, f- I feel like that <sighs> sometimes he feels like the little people don't matter sometimes, like... I know that sounds so bad, but it, it just seems like we're not we're not we're not anything to him. We voted for him and everything like brought him in to help us, and it just seems like he's ignoring his responsibilities. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio.
our new Home Secretary, Priti Patel, um, has basically told the annual conference of police chiefs that uh, they're getting 20,000 new officers over the next three years, so they better bloody well sort out crime in this country. Makes it sound so simple, doesn't it? Mm. Give the police back most of the officers you fired a few years back and then expect mm. them to wave a magic wand. But I want to view what she said through the prism of what our Chief Inspector of Constabulary has said. His name is Sir Tom Windsor. And I have to say, I, and I've read a lot of these reports over the years, I've never read anything like it. I mean, absolutely... Yes, it doesn't mince his words, does he? He accuses the court system, let's forget, not forget, hundreds of courts have closed in, in recent times. He accuses the court system, of, and I'm quoting it, of such appalling inefficiencies and failures that justice is being denied almost to the point of it being extinguished in some cases. Uh, Sir Tom took aim at the police, how crime detection rates were woefully low, with officers, and I'm quoting again, run ragged and facing severe dangers on the streets and elsewhere. While our failure to rehabilitate criminals behind bars, yes, dear listener, that old chestnut once again, he says that prisons have become, and I'm quoting, a petri dish for the most deleterious activities. So will this promise of 20,000 new coppers, and, um, um, well, that's about it, uh, do anything to address these concerns? Uh, we're joined by, um, I think it's, uh, we're joined today by our QC. Yes, we are. Chris Dawes is on the line now. Good afternoon to you, my friend. Afternoon, Matthew. Lovely speaking to you. Of course, none of what is in Sir Tom Windsor's uh, report is going to come as much of a surprise to you at the coalface. Well, no, for two particular reasons. I know Tom Windsor, um, and I've, I've discussed these things with him. I'm not going to talk about our private sure. conversations. But all I can say is this. Tom Windsor has as much knowledge about the operation of our criminal justice system as pretty much anybody out there. He's been supervising and overseeing policing for many years, as well as now the fire and rescue services. And he does not pull his punches. He certainly He's an independent doesn't. inspector. Uh, and, and everything he says about the catastrophic state of our criminal justice system is true. Those of us who are inside the system have been screaming at the top of our you voices have. about this for years and years and years. I, I, I've asked, I said to you, Matthew, you come along one day, you come with us, and then you go back and tell your listeners about the catastrophic state of our criminal justice system. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe that it's supposed to be a system of justice. If you came and watched cases being delayed because there's no lawyer to represent the defendant, witnesses are not told to come to court, half the courts in some uh, buildings are shut, even though there are judges sitting around waiting to come and try cases, the courts are shut because there's no money to open them. They won't even pay the heating bills in some places. It's an absolute disgrace. And Tom Windsor has thankfully... So someone in his position has come out there and said it how it is, and it's really important that he's done it. Is it? I mean, I mean, it's even listening to you again detailing the sort of catalogue of failures that are out there. I still, I still find it shocking, Chris. If, if I'm honest, and what is the what is the principal cause of these failings? Is it austerity? Yes, yeah, so there, 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 well, there are a number of related causes, but the most important one is that the Justice Department, the Ministry of Justice, suffered the largest single percentage cut of any department when the, the uh, round of uh, austerity cuts took place 10 years or so ago. It's 40% of the Ministry of Justice budget. And as, you, as you've rightly said, there are well over 20,000 police officers down. There are something like 25 or 30,000 police staff down. That's, the cri that's critical, you, that figure. When you add them together, it's almost 50,000 of those working in policing alone. That's not including prosecutors and the huge cuts in prosecution budget. 
It's not including the massive cuts in the court budgets, the massive cuts in prison budgets, despite the prison numbers going up and up and up. We're well over 80,000. We're at record levels. We're sending people to prison. I mean, imagine if all the courts were open. Half the country would be in prison. I mean, it's just absolutely, it's a cat- catastrophe. And, and Matthew, you're, I've invited you to come. I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. come. And you're going to come and report firsthand rather than just listen to yeah. people like me. But your listeners out there, go to your courts. They're your courts. They're representing you, the British public. They're, they're doing justice in your name. Fun, go fun. along to a magistrate's court. Go to a crown court. Watch it and then express your disgust to the politicians you elect, because they're the only ones that can do anything about it. I'm going to actually be in court as a witness uh, in my stalker case in a couple of weeks. I'm right. going to be in court anyway. Better not talk about that. <laughs> no, I better not. I better not. Um, no, we don't want to prejudice the case. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to jump all over Pretty Patel, but um, she has sort of stood in front of um, the rank and file of the police, and she, as far as I'm concerned, has basically told them, I'm giving you 20,000 more officers, fix it. Will 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 that make will that make any difference? I mean, she's the worst Home Secretary in living memory. And I'll tell you what we've had: we've had Theresa May, we've had Michael Howard, we've had some absolutely shocking people. But David Blunkett, gall, David Blunkett, she's got the gall. Jack, take off your veil, straw. Do you remember him? Yes. Okay, listen, listen. You're right. There's a there's a there's a long list of them. But she's the worst of the lot, and I'll tell you why. Because what she told the conference yesterday was that all you need is 20,000. And you rightly said at the, at the beginning of this conversation, 20,000 doesn't even take you back to where you were no. 10 years ago. And it doesn't address the 20 or 25,000 support staff who have been cut. So what she's saying to senior police officers who are doing their best with ridiculous resource implications and resource cuts every day. Is she saying, I'm going to give you a load of targets again? Targets, just the exact thing that has never worked in the criminal justice system. It's never worked in the NHS. It's completely lacking in any um, attempt to address, uh, as Sir Thomas said today, the total waste of space that is our prison system that essentially just warehouses criminals and then puts them back on the streets with absolutely no prospect of rehabilitation, no prospect of getting a job. Many of them are homeless, homeless as well and have no choice but to return to crime. It's simplistic jargon. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio. Three, two, one, off we go! So, um, to talk us through the world of worm charming and, and its competitive spin-off, competitive worm charming, we're joined by Peter Hathaway from the Black Autumn International Festival of Worm Charming in South Devon, and he is the official cheat. Good afternoon, Peter. Uh, good afternoon, Matthew. Lovely talking to you. What's the cheat do then? Ah, uh, well, you see, within the role of officials within our um, festival, uh, my role is predominantly to try and cajole the competitive teams to cheat. Oh, I love um, this already. <laughs> this is the yeah, game yeah. for me. Um, before we get on to competitive worm charming, uh, for the uninitiated, and I'm looking at Shazia and Kevin, and I'm sure the listeners are, are hanging here as well, what is worm charming, Peter? Literally, you have any implement that you want oh, yeah. without forking or digging um, in order to entice as many worms out of the metre by three foot 
patch that you have as your area. Um, and needless to say, the one who charms the most worms out of that area of ground is deemed the winner. Has Judith Chalmers ever won? <laughs> <laughs> Not to my knowledge, no. Thank Every you, so yeah. <laughs> um, When you say charming, when I, I, I hear the phrase worm charming, I'm immediately thinking of sort of transported sort of India and gentlemen with, with interesting uh, uh, whistles uh, and flutes. you snake charming. Charming, yeah. yeah. Do, do, is it, does it, I mean, worms, snakes, I mean, they look broadly similar. I know they're totally different, but they look, they're long and wriggly. Um, are, there, are, are there any crossovers? I mean, what, do you charm them with music? Um, we have had... Yeah, basically, as I say, you've, you've got a, an area of a metre by three foot and you can use whatever implement you want. Now, we've had people with the old tea chests, with the, um, the old bass elements, whereby they've got a broom handle and a string so that the vibrations go down right. to the ground. Right. And obviously a lot of worms will come up after it's been raining yeah. because it's the sound of the rain and things hitting the ground that then drive the worms up. So there's all sorts of uh, contraptions that uh, people can use as well. Cool. We had one year we had a, a team which had like a, a paddle going around on a on a drum in order to sort of beat the, the ground, as it were. So are, are you al- are, are you allowed chemicals? Because I have heard I'm quite a keen angler, and I've had one, ah. one way of getting worms up is to use uh, pour a bucket with um, a mild mixture of uh, fairy liquid or other detergent in it onto Absolutely. the ground. Absolutely, yes. That, that was mm. um, one of... In, in the rules that we have, anybody can put any liquid onto the ground. However, it needs to be verified that they would be prepared to drink it themselves. <laughs> if, oh, if they're not prepared to drink it, they can't use it. It's <laughs> by the judges. Oh, I'm loving the rules here. Um, <laughs> No, and I mean, I mean, we heard some audio there, and I've seen some video footage. You get quite a lot of people, don't you? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, predominantly worm charming was started off um, back in the eighties by a chap called Dave Kelland, and the idea was it was predominantly a village day. Right. Um, now we moved into the village in two thousand twelve, in the April. Four weeks later, we went out, and the village was completely festooned with flags. There was bands going on, there was all sorts of just people milling around and um, all dressed in fancy dress, or certainly the vast majority were in fancy dress, to go with the theme for that year. Um, so, yes, we, we generally get, I would say, up to a thousand people in the village. <laughs> okay. are, they, um, are they mainly men or women or children uh, or what? No, it, it's, it's a family day, so you've got... Um, Families that come down within the... T- what I should explain was in the Worm Charming team, you have three, three members. Right. You have a charmer, you have a picker, and you have a counterer. Have you just made these names up? No, absolutely not. If you go, if on, I've never heard you go of it. You go onto a search engine, yeah. in Worm Charming... I have. Right, Black Orton International yeah. Festival of Worm Charming is the one that normally comes up first. Yep. Yeah. Now, the rules are on there, and uh, note you can be verified with what I've said as far as the um, team members are concerned. Uh, so, Peter, as, talking about the rules, as one of the organisers, what possibly is there in it for the organisers to encourage cheating? Yeah. And what kind of cheating do you encourage? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the fact of probably trying to get one over on the judges. 
<laughs> because albeit it, it's a very local, very um, friendly environment. Um, I remember one year I ran and hid under a truck <laughs> so the judges wouldn't see where I'd gone. And if you enjoyed all of that, make sure you tune in to The Matthew Wright Show with Kevin O'Sullivan every weekday from 1 on Talk Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.